We are back, Leadheads, the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Left Hand, and this is episode 261, so welcome in, guys. Hope you caught last week's episode, 260, where we kind of did a recap of our European vacation, Talking Lead in Poland and the Czech Republic. We had a great time. Unfortunately, uh, it was such a great time that we didn't have a lot of time to do the podcast, so... It was kind of a rushed, uh, kind of squeezed it in last day there at the range when we were at the range, um, but I plan on getting those guys back on. We're going to talk more detail about the trip, uh, that awesome factory where they're making the tanks, Excalibur Army there. Uh, they're not actually making them, they're refurbing them, but they really are making them because a lot of the parts they, they make right there in-house. Um, if they can't refurbish it, they'll make it, so it, it was a really cool place. Got more pics and videos of that coming. Let's go ahead and welcome in our guest this week, Mr. Andrew Brenneman. Drew. What's up, Deadheads? What up, Drew? Oh, not too much, man. How you getting along? Doing good, man. Uh, we got a we got a fun show planned for the Leadheads this week. Uh, in uh, I wouldn't say in honor, but in uh, anticipation of the big tsunami is that what's rolling in <laughs> oh yeah it's gonna be a bad hurricane real bad real ugly real bad hurricane's gonna hit our east coast and uh andrew's got a lot of family that's over there so this is particularly hitting close to home for him but we want to talk about disaster preparedness and uh things that you guys should be thinking about not just for the hurricane not any kind of disaster so we're going to give you some things that you guys need to be thinking about to be prepared, be proactive. But before we get into that, I hear that jack wagon train rolling in, Andrew. Choo choo! Bring it in, Gunny. Hoorah, simplified do or die, hold them high at eight and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, guys, so this week uh, we're going to start off with our listener submitted jack wagons. And our first one comes from Ashley and Alex K. They actually sent a couple. Uh, I'm going to pick this one. This is kind of a, a funny one. And it's a football player out of central Oklahoma. And a player loses his foot in a bizarre accident. You want to read that, Andrew? Um, well, basically, I'm not going to read it word for word. but uh, Sum it up for us. They don't really say why he was climbing underneath the train, but there was a train that was parked on a track, and he decided he was going to belly crawl underneath it <laughs> and get to the other side. And while he was crawling it, the old train fired up and started rolling and cut his foot off. <laughs> Completely <laughs> severed his foot from his body. Yeah, I hate to laugh at that, but at the same time, I mean, obviously there was an engine hooked to that train. <laughs> There must have been some noise happening that would, you know, indicate that maybe I shouldn't climb underneath this train. Right. Because it's about to start rolling. But, yeah, he apparently uh, didn't quite make it on the other side and had a foot completely severed. Yeah. And he so was by himself, too. So he had to flag down a, a person that was walking down the street or something to call the ambulance for him. Yeah, so he was able to flag down a nearby person who took him to the hospital. I hope they grabbed his foot and brought his foot with him. I don't know. Maybe I think if it, got, if it got severed by a train, I mean, I'm pretty positive they're not going to be able to sew that back on. I don't know. 
I mean, medical wonders these days never True. ceases to amaze. They can, they can do a lot of different uh, crazy things. So, anyway, um, this guy was like a star football player. He was a defensive, I think, dude. And like the week before, he had all kinds of. Uh, I don't think he was setting records, but he had a pretty good game. But it was defensive back. Defensive back. Yeah, I think you're going to need both feet for that position. So yeah. Whatever yeah, 15, you were doing, 15 tackles in the first two games that season. Yeah, whatever you were doing uh, at the train station, I don't think it was worth it, dude. Yeah. So, kids at home, don't get drunk and play around trains. <laughs> right. I saw this other video. That reminds me. I saw this other video on, uh, I don't know if it's YouTube or Instagram, where it was, but there's these two dudes, um, two thugs. I mean, that's what I'm going to call them. And they had revolvers. They had a revolver, and you 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 know the thing about putting a bullet in, spinning it. Um, what was that called? Russian roulette. Russian roulette. They were doing Russian roulette with their foot. <laughs> so they would take it, spin it, aim it at the other person's foot, and then pull the trigger. But here's the kicker, dude. The one guy had already been shot once in his foot, been to the hospital, had it patched. He had a bandage on the other foot. So he was going for round two with this. He didn't <laughs> learn his lesson the first time. This oh was round two, and he lost this one too. So he got. <laughs> so now he's got two, two bullets in both feet. Two bullets, yeah. yeah one in each foot. Um, oh my God, it's ridiculous. And they're sitting like there cussing each other from, uh, as, they're, as they're doing it. It's like that scene from uh, Harlem Nights when uh, Eddie Murphy shoots uh, Della Reese's piggy, pinky toe off. <laughs> right? Oh, you want to hit people with garbage cans. Now I got to cut you. You put that razor away. I ain't playing no more. You put that fucking razor away, I'm going to blow your goddamn pinky toe off. Oh, now you're going to shoot me in my pinky toe. I'm not playing with you. I will blow that little black, gnarled, crusty, dead motherfucker the fuck off your foot. Now put the razor away. You must be crazy to pull your gun on me. You're going to be the nine-toe having this limp in this bitch in Harlem. You don't stop fucking with me. Now put the razor away. Well, go ahead. Shoot, here it is. There it is. Shoot, quick, go ahead. Take your best shot. <laughs> and if you hadn't had that gun, she'd still be whipping your ass. You know, y'all laugh at the wrong shit. He shot me in my pinky toe. I know, man. I'm going to put what's left of my foot in your ass. I'm going to kill him, sugar. Please, be careful. Get I'm going to kill him out. Don't Just, kill him. Oh, Just relax. Oh, if I could get up from here. Zero. We're going to find your toes. Oh. You got to stop oh. overreacting. Overreacting? Yes. And get your old ass in the car. Oh, man, fuck you. Next time you fight somebody, pick on somebody your own side. Get in there. <laughs> this was a clean shot right in the top meat of the foot. You know where that oh. bone is? You know that hurt. Yes. I don't know what that was all about, but yeah, it looked like it was like, like a 38 or 22. I don't know. Yeah, all right, so gets- yeah, that's that's our... That's our uh, listener-submitted Jack Wagons there. Um, we've got another one, and i got to see who this one is from. And this has to do with uh, smart gun technology. So this comes from... Yeah, so this comes from GiddyUp. GiddyUp says, Came across this on TTAG, The Truth About Guns, this weekend. 
So the smart gun manufacturers seem to be anti-gun as well, question mark. I guess we should be thankful for their help. I include the Huffington Post article underneath as well. So he's got some links to these uh, articles that we're going to reference. He says, I can't remember when someone's carry gun was last used in a school shooting because it wasn't locked up. Anyway, I hope this message finds you and yours well. Hopefully not too jet-lagged after the world travel. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, giddy up. So what he's referring to, uh, Huffington Post, your carry gun causes school shootings, and it's by Kat Ainsworth. This was September 9th of uh, this year. And here's a quote from Gareth Glasser. He's the CEO of smart gun maker Lodestar Firearms. He says, most gun owners are very responsible and keep their guns locked up in a gun safe or something similar. But the exception to that is the gun is the one gun that they think they need for self-defense. They think they need. Really? They think they need? for Okay. Keep on. That gun needs to be close at hand, and it's that gun that is, unfortunately, causing so much damage because your little kid finds it or your teenager takes it to school and uses it either to harm themselves or carry out these school shootings. This is a direct quote from the CEO from the Lodestar Firearms manufacturer. They're making this smart gun technology. I think it's the ones where it, it identifies um, through R was it R RDI RFI? Yeah, I think it's the one you like have like you have like a smart watch or some shit that makes it work. Yeah, you got to have a watch. You got to be wearing this watch that activates and releases the I guess the firing mechanism on the gun. I think I think that's the technology. It doesn't really get into the technology of the gun in the article. Right. So, I mean, there's not really an article. She just, yeah. what I'm seeing right now is just this, unless I click on this guy's name. Yeah, okay, here it is. So, can a smart gun crack the firearms market? Philadelphia-based startup Lodestar Firearms sees a path to mainstream success. So, obviously, he's he's using this scare tactic to try to sell his uh, less than desirable product. Yeah, I, th- I think it's been pretty much stated that the majority of firearms out there don't really care for this smart gun technology uh, in in its current state. You know, I just don't think it's there yet to be released publicly. And then, of course, you know, what a lot of people see are they're looking down the road and, and seeing the government making it mandatory to carry these type of um, safety mechanisms for your firearms, which... You know, there's there's a lot of cons. I think the cons far outweigh the pros on these uh, to date. Yeah, yeah I got to agree with you on that, Lefty. Um, I mean, you know, the thing about it is, you know, I'm all for you know somebody you know trying to invent new technology, trying to trying to work out something, and you know maybe one day this guy's going to come out with a product that actually will work and and is great. But just the fact that he is supposedly in the firearms industry and says something that ignorant. And stupid, yeah. Just tells me that this guy has no freaking clue about firearms, and he's just trying to make a bunch of money. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and you're right. It's it's dangerous because you already have states like California that have preemptively passed laws requiring smart gun technology and micro stamping and technologies that don't even exist yet, and they've already put them into law. Um, you know, you've got New York trying to do the same thing, and. Uh, when you have companies like this coming out um, with obviously not perfect product, I mean, the guy doesn't even have a, a finalized prototype yet. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then throwing out just ignorant scare tactics that are just completely, you know, just stupid and not true. <laughs> you know, I mean, he he basically just made some shit up and said it. Right. And that yeah, technology, so. I was trying to think of, it's the RFID technology. Yeah. It, it, to unlock the gun, and that's what um, you know, it, it's used in other um applications as well. So tactical walls, you know, that's what they use for their uh, release on their gun lock for their furniture. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it's got its place, but not with a firearm. Definitely, definitely not. So, yeah, welcome to the, the Jack Wagon Train Lodestar CEO and, of course, the Huffington Post because we know what side they're, they're all, on. They're always on the Jack Wagon Train. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Gar- um, welcome Gareth Glasser, CEO of Lodestar Firearms, to the Jack Wagon Train. Ba-boom. There you go. Have you got anybody you want to submit to the jack wagon train? Anybody just uh, uh, rubbed you the wrong way last week Man, or so? People people rub me the wrong way every single day, Marty. I can't <laughs> help myself. <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Florence the Hurricane is on my jack wagon train this week. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. So uh, we will get into that. But as always, guys, make sure you go and support those that support the Talking Lead podcast. Without them, the show wouldn't be possible. The official optics of Talking Lead is Ride On Optics. Check them out at rideonusa.com. Uh, they were running a Summer of Color special. I think that's that has since expired. Uh, but they have got some great optics, some great scopes. And uh, you guys make sure you go check them out, rideonusa.com. The, like, I've talked about, like I've talked about in previous episodes, the 1 to 8 has been released. It is ready. They've got it in the first and second focal plane. And they've got a tactical version and a hunting version. So you guys make sure you go and uh, check those out. And then we've got more to come from them. Uh, we're going to get uh, our good buddy J-Mac back on, and we're going to do another uh, class for you guys, 101, Optics 101, and uh, get you some learning done on optics. The official wristwear of Talking Lead is Defy Watches and Smith & Bradley Limited Watches. Uh, just made a post, and this was, I guess, the cat's out of the bag, uh, but we were going to have Jeremy on to make this this announcement and talk, talk about the cool things that uh, they are involved with, and they're actually being featured in a upcoming Bruce Willis movie. I think it's called um, 10 Minutes Gone is what it's called. And uh, obviously it has something to do with time. And uh, the main character, Bruce Willis, and a lot of the uh, supporting uh, characters there are going to be wearing the uh, Smith & Bradley, I think it's the Sands 13 um, watch. But we'll get Jeremy on to talk more about that. Uh, I don't want to ruin uh, his thunder, so we'll let him get on and talk about that. But it's called 10 Minutes Gone. Uh, you guys check them out, defywatches.com, smithbradleyltd.com. So, Andrew. Uh, yeah. Yesterday, today's the 12th as we're recording this. Uh, Leadheads are going to hear this probably uh, the 13th or so. Yesterday was the was the 17th anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that hits hard for most Americans, most red-blooded Americans. 
there are some kind, and this probably goes back to the jack wagon train too. I saw some post, um, some inappropriate uh, posts by companies that were using 911 to push and promote sales of their products, uh, and I thought that was in poor taste. I'm not going to name any names because there was there were several people just on the the defensive yesterday on on uh, advertising that they had posted. So uh, those go back to the jack wagon train as well. But uh, this ties into what we're going to talk about today with the hurricane coming in on the east coast, nine eleven. I mean, you just never know when di- disaster, a catastrophe is going to happen. So you always want to be ready. You want to be prepared for that. And I know this is probably a, a topic that a lot of a lot of shows, a lot of people are talking about. You're probably, you know, getting getting your feel of it. But I, it's important. You know, it's important that you're prepared not only for yourself but for your family and your loved ones to be able to get through and survive whatever kind of catastrophe or disaster that hits you. So. What Andrew and I are going to talk about are just some basic things. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll probably delve a little deeper into some things as we get to talking. But, um, Andrew, with, with this uh, this hurricane, you're no stranger to hurricanes because you're from that area. You've, yep. You know, you've had, you had your taste of, of hurricanes and being here in Tennessee, you know, we get those tornadoes, nasty tornadoes. We've had floods here as well. Yep. Had some nasty floods. Um but, you know, if you're in California, you get those fires, you know, you get those raging fires over there in California. You get Landslides, mudslides. Landslides, mudslides, earthquakes. Uh, and not so much in our country as, as in some other countries, but you get, you know, outbreaks of diseases and viruses that can, uh, can, can be very devastating. So, you know, you ask yourself, you know, how, if I don't know when it's going to hit me or what's going to hit me, how can I be prepared? Well, you want to look at the basics. You know, you want to look at your food, your water, your shelter, uh, medicine, uh, that type of things. So we're going to kind of go over that with you guys now. So yep. what, and maybe not in any order of importance, but what would you think would, would be the most important thing that you'd want to, to have on hand for any kind of disaster? One thing, I mean, it's it, it's the basics. I mean, obviously, food and water are the number one thing you have to have. Um, yeah. You can't you can't live without those two items. But even those two, water, I think, would be the most important because that's yeah. The I mean, thing you can that, uh, you can live a lot longer without eating than you can without drinking. So yeah, so water, uh, I would think, would be the your very first priority on something that you would want to have access to. Uh, and rule of thumb, you know, people say three days uh, worth of food and water. A gallon of water per person per day is what they recommend. So yep. you want to plan accordingly to the size of your family and loved ones uh, as you're as you're preparing. What's the what would you say would be the best way to to store water? All right, so um, you know I I grew up in somewhat of a prepper household, so I've been you know exposed to this stuff my whole life. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the big things to do, especially in a hurricane area, um, at a time when you know there's something happening, you know that there's going to be a problem. Um, the easiest and most cost effective thing to do is I have a bunch of collapsible jugs. I simply fill them up and stack them in my kitchen. Yeah. 
Um, so that's definitely the most cost effective thing to do because you don't have to go out and buy a bunch of bottled water, a bunch of jugs of water. Just fill it up on your tap and have it ready to go. Um, obviously, that isn't always the case. Um, you know, you don't always, you're not always going to know that a disaster is going to strike. It can exactly. be something like a tornado or an earthquake. You know, those kind of things that just pop up and you're, you don't know it's happening. Or a zombie outbreak. Case, exactly. In that, <laughs> in that case, um, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of the life straw. Um, it's lightweight, doesn't take up much space. It's fairly inexpensive. Um, if you take care of them, keep several of them. Don't just keep one because if you have a malfunction with one, you're screwed. So, you know, yeah. one, two is one and one is none, just like with everything else. You know, you might want to get a couple of them. Um, I think that's a really handy way. Yeah, and per the person, other way. Per person because, you know, you, yeah. you want everybody to have their own kind of straw, especially, you know, with with, you know, the disaster coming, you don't know what's happening. So maybe there's some kind of you know, virus or you know, contagious thing going around. Absolutely. And, and I mean, there's all kinds of water filters on the market. I'm just, I'm just using life straws a, because it's, you can buy them at Walmart. Yeah, you know, some it's not sort a hard of water filtration device. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be your, probably your best bet. Um, you can also store water long-term to keep it from going stagnant. Um, you can just put it in, in jugs, um, store it under your house, store it in your attic, whatever. What you want to do is just put a splash of bleach in there. Um, a little extra chlorine to keep the water from going stagnant and keep it good. Yeah, there um, are then there are um, over the counter things that you can buy to put in water too to help. Yep, absolutely. Preserve. I mean, you can buy canned tablets. water. Well, yeah, I mean, you can buy canned water, but there there are additives that people sell that for long term storage of of water. Absolutely. Um, so you guys can can check into that as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely water is going to be your prime number one resource that you're going to want to stock up on. And like we said, rule of thumb, you know, this comes from FEMA and Red Cross and, you know, a lot of the preppers and, and more doesn't hurt, you know, more, the more, the better, but at least one gallon per person per day is, you know, a general rule of thumb for that. And you're going to need that water for not just drinking, but you're going to need it for, you know, sanitary uh, things as well for for cleaning maybe wounds or just you know daily cleaning to keep yourself uh from being funky <laughs> <laughs> from being nasty stinky funky yeah uh but that's not a number one priority in survival you know is um you know smelling good looking good you want to you know you want to take care of your needs your food and, and your drink so let's talk about food um yep. as far as that goes what uh what kind of food should people be Storing, how should they store it? Uh, how much should they store? Um, you know, Marty, you, you know, we all talk about a 72-hour kit. You know, that's, that's, that's the rule of thumb. You want to have three days of food, water, um, you know, fuel, power, whatever. Um, 72 hours, though, is, is not necessarily true. I mean, when I was younger, we had an ice storm. We didn't have power for a week and a half. Right. Um, after Hurricane Hugo in North Carolina, we were out of power for just shy of two weeks. Wow. Um, so having 72 hours worth of food at your house isn't going to help you when you can't buy food for two weeks. Um, you know, the grocery stores were empty. Remember that the grocery stores in this country have less than three days worth of food in them. Um, yeah. You know, so if they're not getting deliveries, they're not getting trucks, they're not going to have food for you to buy. Um, so having food in your house is, is an important thing in general. Um, of course, you've got all the the freeze-dried buckets you can buy, and those are great. Don't get me wrong. Those are absolutely great. 
Um, you know, it's always a good idea to have, you know, some dehydrated food. Um, you have the, you know, the supplement bars you can buy that, you know, the high calorie content bars. Like I keep those in my go bag, mm-hmm. um, you know, something but, like you know, a, just having uh, canned goods, man, just having canned goods in your house. Yeah. So non-perishable um, food, uh, yeah. obviously is something that you, you want to keep canned foods, uh, the dry, like, uh, Andrew said, the, the dry freeze kind, Yeah, your um, MRE type food. MRE type foods, uh, something that's easy to open. Um, you know, make sure you got a can opener just in case. I mean, maybe you you've stored all this other stuff, but then you run across another food to, uh, uh, supply. You know, and it's cans, and you don't have a freaking can opener or something to open up a can. Uh, so yeah. it's good to have one of those on hand too. Uh, but easy to store. Uh, you want to yep. keep it in a cool, dry. Uh, area so like Andrew was saying before maybe under your house in a you know in a place in your garage that that's cool and dry or inside your house um, and calories are are essential so you want high calorie type foods like peanut butter uh, energy bars nuts are a good source uh, nuts uh, store for a long time as well uh, easy to um, keep Speaking of the calorie thing, that's um, a, one of the pitfalls for food storage. Be very careful when you're buying that dehydrated f- food and those meal ready to eat type um, products. Be wary of what the things say when they say, you know, three meals a day for two weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, they have three meals per day for two weeks that equal up to less than 2,000 calories. Yeah. Um, so make sure you look when you buy that stuff, look at the calorie content. Don't look serving. at what the box says. Yeah. Um, don't don't say okay. Well, there's you know there's 100 servings in this box. You sit down with the calorie content. Really, there's only 60 servings in that box. Yeah. So make make sure you guys do your due diligence when you're buying these products. If that's the if that's the way you want to go, you want to buy those products. Make sure you look at the calorie content. But you don't have to spend the money on that kind of stuff too. Like you know I don't I, don't, I stress you know don't go you don't need to go out and spend a thousand dollars to be prepared for a storm. Or for any type of emergency, I mean, buying some cans of pork and beans and keeping them in your cupboard and rotating them, you know, once every year, um, is perfectly fine. Yeah, um, absolutely. You, know, you just keep that in mind. You know, we're not we're not saying that. Oh shit, you know, you're not going to be able to keep you know protect your family and keep them safe and be prepared for a storm unless you have you know a couple thousand dollars to spend. Because yeah. and don't I got have news for you guys: ramen noodles aren't yep. the kind of things you want to stock up on. <laughs> nope. I mean that's something that you can add to your tuna, maybe that you've that you've stocked and and saved up. But just ramen noodles alone, you're not going to survive. It's not going to work, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there are other type pastas that are uh, enriched with nutrients and and whatnot, but not ramen noodles. So <laughs> just damn, Barty, you're hating on the ramen. No, dude, I I love ramen noodles, but you know I mix stuff in with you. Know, I'll mix my chicken, my tuna, and yeah, you know, I'll add flavoring and you know stuff like that to it, but it's just it's just more of a filler than anything. It it has no nutritional value whatsoever. Oh, you're right. Um, another thing, you know, if you've got a baby, you know something something that I don't think about because I don't have a baby, I don't have a kid, but you know, a lot of people do. You wanna you wanna keep supplies for your baby. You know, the formula, the baby food. You wanna keep at least a week supply of that. Uh, on this diapers. three day, yeah, diapers, uh, just things that baby. I don't know what babies need. I've never had a baby, Andrew. So 
I don't have a baby either. I can't. I can't talk to that. I got a lot of babies in my family, but uh, right. I, got I don't personally have any, but yeah, they need they need food and they need diapers and wipes and you know stuff like that. And of course, you know nowadays everybody's on you know twenty different medications. So you know, make sure you know if your kid's got you know asthma or allergies or whatever it is, right. make sure that and we're you always that. have an extra bottle of medication in right. your house. And we're getting to that. We're getting yeah. to that. You're jumping ahead. Sorry. Uh, so we're still on food. So on food, um, another thing that you're going to want, uh, again, is access to the food. So if it's a can, you want to have something to be able to get into that can, uh, whatever it may be. Um, I mean, you can eat with your hands and you can make shift, you know, things to eat with, but uh, plastic forks and knives and spoons, uh, you know, you might want to keep some of those on hand. Um, I, I, you know, I, I necessarily wouldn't say a plastic one. I would just say, you know, if I'm going to have one, have a nice, you know, metal spoon or fork or knife and you get those little combo spoon fork deals pretty cheap at like camping stores and stuff yeah yeah you can get cookware and and all kinds of things it's easily stored and uh easily easily deployed um anything else on food that you can think of that might be a good tip for us are we going to talk about food preparation or is that another section uh i mean we can talk about food preparation yeah since we're talking about food yeah. Um, so, you know, another thing that's a great thing just to have in general is some sort of portable cooktop or stove. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're fairly inexpensive now. Um, if you've got one, great. Make sure you have extra fuel for it. Um, like I was, I was telling you about being out of power for long periods of time. I mean, we cooked on a camp stove for two weeks. Um, we had three of our neighbors were coming to our house because they didn't have any way to prepare any of their food. They didn't have wow. any type of, they had an electric stove and that's all they had in a microwave, which neither of those worked. Yeah. Um, so luckily, you know, you know, my family had prepared very well and had plenty of fuel. Um, so it wasn't a big issue, but you know, we ended up, you know, there was our close neighbors and friends. They didn't have any way to cook any of the food they had. Um, you know, if you got a grill, you know, a gas grill, you know, maybe a good idea is to keep an extra propane tank, you know, handy. Sure. Um, you know, you don't have to go out and buy an- another stove, but if you know, just be prepared and be thoughtful about it, and have extra stuff ready to go. Think about um, the resources that you have around your house. You know, things yep. you know that you don't have to go out and spend money on. Yep. Uh, but you know, perfect example was the gas grill. You know, keep an extra propane tank around yep. uh, for those situations, um, because you may be in a flood situation and all the wood is is wet and you can't make a fire. Yeah. You know. Uh, but that, you know, that's another thing. Or you might live in an apartment where you're going to make a fire. Yeah. You might live in an apartment. <laughs> you um, know, so a little, a, a, a gas cook stove, a grass grill, you know, some way to actually cook food. And, you know, obviously you can store food you don't have to cook. Um, but, you know, just having something warm to eat is pretty comforting when you're in a bad situation. That's a good point. Very good point. Uh, but then again, you know, the foods that you're, that you're storing and keeping, um, you want foods that you can eat cold as well that doesn't, that don't necessarily have to be cooked. So keep that in mind as well. But like you said, it's, it's a, it'd be a nicety. And if you have, it's the, a psychological the thing when you're, when you're in a long-term situation like that for days and days and days, it's amazing what a small psychological boost can do. Yeah. Um, just to make you make it not so damn miserable. Exactly. That's a good point. Yep. So then that brings us to, let's go ahead and talk about, you're talking about fuel. Um, uh, so not only fuel for your your stoves and be able to cook with, but fuel for your transportation. Absolutely. Your generators, you know, if you've got a generator 
on hand. You know, that's a great asset commodity to have for these type of events that we're talking about. And uh, depending on you know what yours uses, you want to keep that type of fuel. You want to have extra, you know, probably, I mean, how much would you say, good rule of thumb, 10 gallons? I keep 15. I keep three five-gallon jerry cans with fuel stabilizer. Um, that's for me, and uh, that's what I, that's kind of just where my number is. I know that I can get about 300 to 350 miles with that 15 gallons of gas. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, th- it really hits home right now, talking about this fuel situation. I mean, there are people in North Carolina right now that are being ordered to evacuate but they can't leave because there's no gas. Um, you know, the governor's, you know, trying to get gas trucks down to the coast because the gas stations don't want to be gas in them. Right. Um, so, you know, if you have the opportunity to evacuate, you have warnings like with a hurricane, you always freaking evacuate. <laughs> yeah. You know, get out. But, <laughs> but make sure you have the tools to self evacuate. Don't think the government's going to going to rescue you. I mean, you can look at, you know, Hurricane Katrina is a prime example of thousands and thousands and thousands of people who just stood there and thought the government was going to help them. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't wait for them to help you. Make sure you have the means to help yourself. No, and a prime example is, you know, you're waiting on the government, you're waiting on uh, your local uh, law enforcement, EMT people to come. They come after the fact. Yeah. You know, all this is after the fact is when you can hope for some sort of relief or um, rescue from from the government. It, it it's reactive. They're rea- They're not proactive. They yep. give you the warning. They leave it up to you. You know, you have to take the responsibility um, for you and your family to heed those warnings and and do what we're saying right. Either stock up and prep and and wait it out or get the hell out of there. Uh, and yep. in this case, they've given plenty of notice to people like this is coming. You know, it's what was supposed to hit Friday, Friday or Saturday. Yep. Um, Saturday. I think it's supposed to hit yeah. landfall like main main center like on Saturday. But but what a lot of people are done, like you said, they've gone and they've raided the the grocery stores. Grocery stores are empty. Gas stores yep. are, you know, gas is empty. All the, the um, lumber companies, Lowe's, Home Depot. Sold out all their lumber, their you know everything, and you know this is people who didn't plan ahead that have gone and done this, and unfortunately the majority of the people are going to be out and they're not going to be able to get these resources. Yeah. So absolutely. don't don't plan on being able to just go down to your local Walmart and get the water, get the food, get the whatever you need because it ain't going to be there. Precisely. So, you know, and um, like I said, you know, three five gallon gas cans. You know, 15 gallons of gas, the fuel stabilizer, it's called Stabil, and there's several brands of it, but make sure you use that fuel stabilizer um, with the amount of ethanol that's in gasoline now. Yeah, um, go fuel bad. goes bad a lot faster than it used to. Um, and the people say, fuel go bad? What the hell? You know, yeah, fuel does go bad. Um, it does. So just, it really just, does. So just so everybody knows, it starts to separate, and it does eventually go bad and turns into more or less shellac. There um, are companies. years. There are companies that, that make really good money going around to commercial businesses and reconditioning their fuel for them. One of our leadheads uh, actually yep. does that. Uh, Patriot, I think it's called Patriot Fuel Yeah, uh, is the name of his company. Um, but yeah, so yeah, fuel does go bad. What would you say would be the best storage method uh, container for fuel? I use steel jerry cans. Um, steel? I've, yeah. You think that um, works better than plastic? 
No, they both work fine. It's no big deal. Okay. I, just, I just have them, and they used they used to be cheap. <laughs> they're not cheap anymore. But sure, yeah, you know, used to be able to pick up jerry well, I didn't cans. I know if there might be an advantage because I don't know if there's an advantage of storing your fuel in a metal container versus a plastic container. It, if there is, I don't know it, but I can right. tell you one thing: you've got to use the fuel stabilizer. Um, and way, yeah, you got. I rotate my gas out once a year. Okay. Um, so I will pour that gas into my truck. And then refill those jerry cans once a year. And I'd write a date right on the top of them. Um, I think the fuel stabilizer will keep it for two or three years. Sure. Um, is what it says. But I just, as as just me being a, you know. Just being, being on top of things. Being proactive. I, I'd like exactly. to rotate mine out once a year. It's being proactive. And that's what you yeah. should do. You know, if you're able to do that, then do that. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, not. You, the last thing you want is for you to be sitting there with your family and knowing you need to leave. And you're not able to leave because you don't have any gas. Exactly. Um, so, and know, that brings always, me to a, another point: um, your vehicle. Make sure your vehicle is in tip-top condition always. Tires, battery, belts, the oil changed. You know, keep your vehicle in great condition. And I know some of you guys actually have vehicles for just such occasions, and they just sit there. You know, they're sitting there for year after year after year. So you want to. Make sure that, you know, after they sit there, tires get dry rotted, belts get dry rotted. The fuel, like you said, gets contaminated in the tank. Uh, So you want to make sure that you are frequently going and checking and changing out uh, those things. Starting it up, driving it a little bit here and there. Okay, so so fuel, any other other tips on fuel? Um, Yeah, I mean, like we, we talked about a propane tank for your grill. If you've got a camp stove, make sure you keep some propane, some of the small propane cylinders on hand. Um, you can keep those for umpteen years. I mean, those things will, will store forever. Um, the small little propane tanks for, you know, and those things can be used for, for, you know, if you've got a lantern, you can use it for that. You can use it, obviously, for a cook stove. Um, so, yeah, definitely make sure that whatever you got that uses fuel and um, that you have fuel and plenty of it for those for those um, you know those devices and okay. you know and we'll say we'll go ahead and lump batteries into fuel okay because I mean, yeah, that's really idea. what batteries are yep um, batteries are fuel um, for your flashlights for all the electronic equipment you might need radio um, you know you radio, want radio always have a radio in your house people um, I know nowadays a lot of people don't even have a radio anymore because they use every, everything's their phone on my phone it's on my phone it's on my phone yep. guess what your phone's not going to work. No, your cell service ain't gonna work now. You you know you yeah. might have battery life for a little while. Yeah, but that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna get you a radio station. You can play <laughs> you play Pokemon for a minute, but that's yeah. that's gonna yeah. be you're gonna be screwed. So buy a radio; they're not expensive, um, and they even have radios that uh, are uh, inert powered. You know they yeah, hand crank, crank them up, hand crank. They don't require batteries. Yeah, I have a hand crank I radio and I have a hand crank flashlight. Getting both of those for your you know your survival kit. Yep. That way you're not relying on the batteries. But and thing and the same thing with batteries. Um, okay, batteries have a have a, a shelf life, guys. You know they don't last forever. Printed right on the side of them. Yeah, printed right. And a lot of times, I mean, I'll buy batteries. I'll buy a brand new pack from the freaking store, and I'll go to use them, and they only last you know a week or so. It's like holy shit. So I mean, even your batteries. I mean, you can't rely on your batteries. So try to try to get things that aren't relying on battery power but at the same time have those batteries just in case yeah get some batteries um i i always suggest for your like for your go bags for your emergency kit um spend a little extra money and get the lithium yeah. um like the lithium double a's those have a much longer shelf life 
um, and they've got a little better power and last a little longer. Um, so that's what I keep. Now, when I just use my regular stuff, man, I just buy some copper tops. You know, I'm not saying I buy expensive batteries to you yeah. know, put all my shit. Just, uh, but you know, for your emergency kit, spend a little extra money and buy those lithium, those lithium batteries because, like I said, they have more power and they store they a lot last, longer. Last, yeah, they last yeah. a lot longer. Yep. So that's a good point. The items that you were storing that use batteries. I don't necessarily suggest that you store them with the batteries in them because batteries oh. can corrode and then they can ruin your device. Absolutely. So, so don't store them with the batteries in them. You know, have the batteries nearby so that, you know, they're easily um, found and you can uh, put them in whatever device that you need. All right. So hey, um, sidebar on that, Marty. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to Rayovac batteries. Rayovac. Okay. Um, so, a lot of people don't know this, but when stuff corrodes inside of your devices and ruins them, there are two companies that actually cover that under a warranty. Um, one is Energizer, and one is Rayovac. I, I believe Duracell does, but I've never personally worked with Duracell on it. Uh-huh. Um, but I had a trail cam. As everyone knows, it's hunting season firing up. So I had a trail cam that stopped working. Didn't know why I wasn't taking any pictures. had no power. So I opened it up, and the damn... <coughs> Batteries corroded. Batteries were corroded in it. Ruined my trail cam. Tapped online. Went up, looked up Rayovac, and I'd used all Rayovac batteries in it. Um, and boom, there it was. Printed off a little piece of paper, threw the trail cam in a box, mailed it to them. Um, two and a half weeks later, they sent me a check for a hundred dollars to replace my trail camera. Nice. And did you have to me- send like a receipt or something with your trail camera? Nope. Or did you just nope. As long as the batteries were all Rayovacs and they weren't expired. That's all that. That's all they required. And um, I sent it back. They sent me a hundred dollar check for the replacement of my trail cam, and they sent me six brand new batteries. Great tip, man. I did not know. Yeah. So when your flashlight gets ruined, it gets tore up because it corroded, or whatever electronic device you have gets gets tore up because you forgot to take the batteries out of it. If you're using Energizers or you're using Rayovacs, they'll replace that device for you. They'll either repair or replace that device for you. Great tip, man. That's probably yeah. that's probably the best tip of the day. <laughs> I've got, yeah, man, I got a I got a hundred dollar check for a trail cam I bought fifteen that's years awesome, ago. Man, I've got several things that batteries have corroded and ruined uh, over the years. I wish I'd have known that. Damn. Yep. All right, so um, and again, that that gets us to other things that you want to keep on hand: the radios, the flashlights. You want to have some sort of light available uh, to be able to, because when the power's out, obviously, you know, at nighttime going to be dark and you're going to want to be able to see so uh you want some some great flashlight looms is what you want you want something with high looms yeah um i'll also say um being how i'm always the voice of the cheapness um candles man candles don't cost shit there you, you go full of candles and have them ready to go um and you they're can super do a, cheap yeah you can light your house up with them you can light one in the bathroom um, you know, so you can yeah, cook with them if you need to. Yeah, definitely candles, candles, candles. Buy a big old box full of candles. Um, they don't need to smell good. They don't have to be, you know, Yankee candles. Um, just the cheapest, you know, candles you can go get. White candles. Um, lots of them. Big box full of them. There you go. That's a good tip. And, and don't then, store them in your attic. They will get all mushy and weird. And then, as far as uh, for torch for for making fire, what do you recommend? Just uh, some some strike fire matches. Yeah, I mean, you know, stormproof matches always. I mean, that I think you know anybody who's got a go bag or an emergency kit, obviously you're gonna need some matches in there. Um, make sure they're waterproof or in a waterproof container. Um, a big lighter, 
Um, unless it's really cold, pick lighters are great. Um, they'll they'll hold fuel for years and years and years. Those those uh you know they make those uh candle lighters now the bigger ones. Yep. Those yep. things are great. They work yep. good. So I mean you've got you know a lot of choices, but have more than one option. Don't just have a book of matches. Um, just because you know if your one option goes away, you're screwed. So definitely have multiple options for starting fire, um, and always have a flint. Um, can't yep. stress that enough. Flint so freaking cheap. You know, you can go get one of those magnesium striker bars, you know, with the flint on one side, the mag bar on the other side at like Northern Tool for like two dollars. Oh yeah, or you can get them all freight for like two bucks. I mean, yeah, you can buy one all people. day for for nothing. Yeah, buy a bunch of them, people. And um, you're gonna need you a know. good knife too. So when you buy yep. your knife, a lot of the knives will come with those uh, as well. So, so yeah, so definitely, um, definitely, you know, have more than one option in your in your emergency kit. Have more than one option for fire. Um, don't just have one thing. Don't just throw a big lighter in there and think you're going to be good. Yeah. Um, you know, have have a big lighter. Have uh, pack. You know, some some waterproof, stormproof matches. Um, you know, have a flint. Have you know several options. Yeah, good idea. And then let's get into first aid. Uh, that's going to be another of the top things that you're going to want to have on hand are things to be able to uh, help with injuries, um, sickness. So you want a, you want a great first aid kit, and you're going to want to pack that with all kinds of bandages, blister uh, bandages, ace bandages. Uh, you want antibacterial cream um, because there's going to be all kinds of infections and things like that that are going to be possible depending on the conditions that you're in so uh, that's something that you're going to want to want to to keep on hand uh, tourniquet which is key in all med kits you know we've talked about that on our show before so this is going to go a little bit above and beyond your little edc first aid pack that you're going to be carrying on your body you know we talked with paul markle about that they they've got a great little uh, ankle uh, strap kit that's got got your trauma kit on it yeah the trauma kit yeah yeah so you know a great trauma kit so with with something like this that we're talking about you're going to want to go a little beefier a little bigger uh, and carry yeah so, definitely we're talking on you know a, an at-home type first aid kit um if your house doesn't have a first aid kit in it already um don't be a dumbass go out and get one now um you should always have one anyway um, but just as, you know, talking about emergency preparedness, um, definitely, you know, let's double down on that, on that first aid kit have, like Marty said, also try to keep a bottle of peroxide, a bottle of, uh, uh, alcohol, peroxide, alcohol, and a jug of bleach. You should always have those three things in your house. Um, for any type of these, um, conditions, obviously bleach to clean and alcohol and peroxide, uh, to clean wounds, to keep saline. Yeah, there's a lot of things that you that you can need and use that aren't very expensive, but lots of band-aids, um, you know, little nicks and scrapes, especially, say, hurricane situation, you know, during the day, you're going to be cutting trees, you're going to be trying to clear debris, um, so you're going to get a lot of little nicks and scrapes and cuts and just things like that, so make sure you have, you know, some bandages and stuff on hand and a way to keep those wounds clean. Yeah, absolutely. And then along with that, you're going to want... Um you know, you're going to want something to cut with, you know, scissors. Uh, make sure you got a good pair of uh, stainless steel scissors. Uh, needle, thread, it's going to be handy. Um, but there are many, many websites that you can go to that already have these kits made up for you. If you want to buy them ready to go, uh, you can do that. Cheapest way, obviously, is to go and put one together yourself. 
I'm sure. Yep. You can go to the Red Cross's website, and they have a list of items. Yeah. Um, you can literally just print it off and carry it to the Walmart or Dollar General, wherever you want to go, right. and uh, and you know pick up those items. Red Cross, FEMA's got. Uh, yeah, you can go to FEMA's, got FEMA's website. There There's they've got all kinds of tips and tricks for preparing for disasters uh, as well. So yeah, first aid kit and and things that go in that. And again, medication. Uh, Andrew was talking earlier about you know people have just all kinds of medications now that they're taking uh, prescription meds. You want to make sure you keep a good stock of your you know if it's life type prescription meds then you know you life and death meds you want to keep those in stock so um you got a heart listen up people the pharmacy is not going to be open it's not going to be open and and i guarantee you uh your local dealer on the corner is not going to be there either (laughs) i hope you don't have a hope you don't have a smack addiction because you're going to be going through withdrawal guys (laughs) right well and that brings up another good thing is during a disaster you don't want to start you know getting all drugged up you don't want to drink to excess you don't want to you know get into taking your drugs you know your marijuana your i don't know maybe you want to smoke marijuana um <laughs> you know you want to be cognizant of of everything around you because it's it could be dangerous times so you want to be aware of your surroundings uh, the people that are around you so you don't want to be in an altered state of mind uh, when going through a disaster or something like this so stay off the drugs that's going to serve you very well, trust me. But for those who have the prescription meds, and you know it's it's matter of life and death for to have those, you want to make sure you've got extra of those as much as you can. Obviously, they'll let you have. Um, but think, for babies as well, you you know you want to stock up on that. I think um, they recommend having a thirty day supply. If and I think your doctor will actually recommend this. Yeah. Um, I know for my grandfather, you know, I have an almost one hundred year old granddad. He'll be 100 in November. He's um, catching up with my grandma. Yeah, I know. He's trying to get there. He's trying to catch yeah, my grandma. Yeah. So yeah, I think the day we should hook them up. <laughs> well, he's in North Carolina, and uh, well, you know, when they get to be that age, they don't travel so well. Yeah. Well, he needs to get his ass out. He needs to evacuate. Uh, oh yeah. You need no to doubt. bring but, him up here. I'll bring my grandma. And we'll introduce him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> grandma um, Nail. But they, what they say is to have a 30-day supply. Um, of all their life, you know, um, you know, the their prescription. Yeah, their prescription medications yeah, that are life that are vital. Dependent, yeah, yeah, their their vital um, prescriptions have a thirty day supply, and I know what my what my parents do. They they, they take care of my granddad. Um, is they just rotate. So every month when they pick up his monthly prescription, they take the bottle that they picked up last month, and that's the one they use for that month. And they have a thirty day supply on hand. Cool. Um, so if you have, and I and I'm pretty positive most people who have medications that if they don't take, they will die. Their doctor has discussed it with them, um, yeah. and if he hasn't, you know, you discuss it with him and say, "Hey, I need to get you know an extra thirty day supply of X medication to be prepared." And right. they, I'm sure if they don't have a script, they will be happy to write you a script for a thirty day supply. Good point. And yeah. then, of course, your non prescription medicines like uh, aspirin and Tylenol, you know, pain reliever type things, antihistamines, uh, anti diarrhea medication. You probably yep. want to stock up on that. Because, you know, maybe some of the water. Maybe some, and, maybe some gas X after eight, ten cans of beanie weenies. <laughs> we'll need some gas X up in there. And, and, some, and some aerosol. <laughs> yeah, get some Febreze. You get you a thing of Febreze. A little potpourri and a yeah. spray. But, you know, that's something that would be, you know, for headaches and minor aches and pains. You know, you want to keep 
keep that stuff on it. And again, that's got a shelf life too. So, you know, don't store your aspirin for three years and expect it to work, you know, when, when disaster hits. So that's stuff you want to rotate out as well. Um, I'll give another, another good tip that I have, um, just for overall storage and stuff like that. If you guys don't have a vacuum sealer, like a food saver, um, find a friend that has one, buy some bags. Um, those things are phenomenal for storing prepared or emergency preparedness stuff. Um, you can, you know, you know, vacuum seal medications, vacuum seal batteries. I vacuum seal loaded magazines, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> loaded I ones? I, I load up 30 round mags and I vacuum seal them. Now, do you rotate those out? For, yeah, for the springs? Once a year. I, I kind of have a, I put a date on them. Okay. And to rotate them out. You know, that's not something that we've got into yet. I mean, obviously, you yeah. know, we're going to be talking about the firearms and your ammunition and stuff like that, too. Uh, but this is, you know, this is life, you know, things that you need to survive. You know, you yeah, got to have this stuff. Um, but, yeah, you can vacuum Self-defense and self-protection, you know protection, that's something that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, toiletries. Uh, yep. You know, you're going to want to stock up on some, some good toilet paper, man. Because I got to tell you, after being in Europe, I really appreciate freaking... Uh, Charmin, man. <laughs> would, they, would they have corn cobs over there uh, they, in Poland? They had something that John Wayne wouldn't use on his butt. Oh, the old you John know. Wayne TP. It was like it was like uh, fifteen grit sandpaper, man. It was <laughs> everywhere I went too. You know, it was it was bad. So um, that's something that you definitely will appreciate in a disaster is your toiletries. Your your um, get you some good striking paper. Paper, some good striking paper. <laughs> Uh, you know, waterless shampoo, antibacterial soap, you know, hand soap. Uh, and as Andrew mentioned er earlier, if you got a, a baby, your diapers and your wipes, uh, and you know, you might deodorant too. You might want to throw some deodorant in there just, uh, for the people around you. <laughs> Keep you smelling fresh and so clean. And, uh, definitely put some gold bond in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, def. Yeah. Because, you know, if you're in a, a flood situation, it's wet all the time, you know, you're going to get chafed. You'll get that swamp ass. That, and your feet, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another thing. You want you, you want clothes. You want dry socks. You want good, sturdy boots and shoes. Um, tough clothes, you know, that are going to, that you could wear for days and are, are going to take a beating. So, you know, you're not going to want to put your freaking uh, uh, Chuck Connors on and, Start traipsing around looking for food or for your family or, you know, anything or hiking to try to get to the, the next safe place. Make yep. sure you got, you know, clothing that's applicable to hard situations as well. Shirts, jackets, hats. Rain gear. Rain gear. Yeah, definitely you want to stay as dry as possible. So make sure you got socks and yeah, extra pair of shoes would be good. You know, extra pair of boots. Uh, I just came across a new pair, a new company called Altai Boots, mm -hmm. and I got a, I've been wearing their boot now for about three or four months, and I took it to Europe with me over there, wore it over there, doing all the traipsing around and and tank riding and that we did, and uh, they've held up really good. I've taken them out in the in the rain and the wet, walked through ankle deep um, water, and they've stayed completely dry on the inside. Do they look cool? Uh, I think they look like a good boot, man. I mean, there's just like a, a boot you wanna you'd want to wear. They've got black, they've got tan, you know, they got several different colors. I think they're just one standard design on them right now, but uh, comfortable. 
like I said, we did tours while I was over in Europe and I wore those, those boots and we walked for, you know, probably 10, 15 miles on some of these tours that we did around the cities. Mm-hmm. And I never, I mean, I didn't even think about my feet that they were that comfortable. So yep. they're not a sponsor of the show or anything like that, but it's just, it's a product that I came across here recently. It's called Altai. Um, I don't know how you spell it. I've made some posts on social media so you guys can go and, uh, and check those out. You know those those butt cleaners they got over in Europe, the boudets? Is that what they call yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. You like that? Well, I didn't know what it was. You know, I'm sitting there at my toilet and I'm seeing that, and I got these boots on and they're dirty, and I'm like, "Oh, that's a boot cleaner." So I just throw my boots over there and clean my boots off with it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's these boots clean. You're up such that an easy. asshole, American. <laughs> I know. I know. I was told that a couple of times. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so clothing—that's another thing that you're going to want. Uh, to, to definitely consider. Uh, and then we, you know, we talked about some tools, you know, you want to have a knife, you want to have a can opener, you want to have matches, candles, batteries, bleach, flashlights, um, chainsaw then, gas for your chainsaw. If yeah, chainsaw, if that's something that, that, uh, or a handsaw, you know, keep a handsaw. Yeah. Got a tree through your house. There's if nobody coming got, for a week to help, to help you. You're going to have to get it off yourself. If you've got pets, you know, you don't want to forget about your pet either. Don't so, forget about your critters. All these same rules apply for your pets. So the food and the med and the water, you want to plan for your for Fido too. Um, you got to worry. You got. I mean, what do you keep about uh, two hundred pounds of dog food to keep uh, a <laughs> to keep oh Oshi fed? <laughs> well, he's on a diet now, so we cut it down to one hundred fifty pounds. Okay, good deal. Good deal. One hundred fifty. But yeah, I mean that's something that that people don't really think about either. Are their their pets? Um, so tools, I think, I think our firearms would fall into tools. That Absolutely. Would be a, that would be a tool. So let's talk about, uh, some good prepper mentality for your, your firearms and type of firearm would be great for, um, these type conditions, ammunition, that type thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've, most of the people who are listening to the show are obviously somewhat interested or somewhat experienced with firearms anyway. Um, so I'm not going to get real basic, but yeah, you're going to need your gun. You're going to need some ammunition. You're going to need to keep that stuff dry. Yep. And um, you gave a great suggestion. You, you got one of those vacuum seal things, yeah. vacuum seal, your ammo, vacuum seal, your my, magazine. My, my go bag has vacuum sealed loaded mags in it. Um, they're easy to tear open. I'm obviously my carry gun. I'm going to have a mag in it, but, uh, my extra mags, I keep them like that because you don't know, you might be in waste deep water somewhere. Um, and obviously, you know, a little bit of water isn't going to hurt them and they're still going to work, um, you know, as long as you're using a good quality ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a whole lot better to have it dry. Absolutely. You know yes. it's going to work when it's dry. Absolutely. So, um, obviously, you know, if you got if you got an EDC, you know, that's you're obviously going to have that because you're going to be carrying it. Um, and, of course, a lot yeah. of our listeners, you know, they've got um, just the the ammunition cans. Yeah, you know, metal ammunition cans that they're storing their stuff in. What's a good rule of thumb for storing your ammunition, and does it have a shelf life? So it, we can we can talk about that for ages about the shelf life of ammunition. Right. I mean, I've shot ammunition that was loaded in World War One before. Um, <laughs> you know, and it worked just fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, people say, oh, it doesn't last forever. It doesn't last. Da 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 da. If it's stored properly, um, I don't see that it has an end life. 
Um, it'll be less reliable the older it gets. I will definitely say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, shelf life ammunition, it'll last longer than you're going to last. <laughs> <laughs> as long as, as you keep it stored in a properly. cool, dry. Yeah, as long air. as you have it properly stored, um, you know, airtight containers, cool, dry place, that type of stuff, um, you know, you're not going to be worried about your ammunition expiring. I mean, I, I regularly shoot ammo that I bought when I was 16, 17 years old. Um, so what's your yeah. ideal... What's your ideal um, survival gun? What would you What would you think? I mean, you know, I still I, I, I'm I'm pretty old school, man. You know, I still think that a, if you're only gonna have one, it's a shotgun for me. Yeah. Um, if I can only have one gun ever, it's gonna be a shotgun um, because I shotgun. can get I can get all kinds of different shotgun shells to do all kinds of different jobs. Um, you know, when you have an AR, you've got an AR. It shoots 5.56. Five, that's what it shoots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a, a handgun, you know, 9mm. It shoots 9mm. That's what it shoots. It's good for X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, with a shotgun, you know, it's defensive. It's, you know, hunting. It's big game. It's small game. It's, you know, you can do everything. You can chop a tree down with it if you, you need. <laughs> If you've got enough shells, you can. You know, if you um, need to but, so for me, open I still a think, door, you can blow open a door with it. Yeah, I mean, your best all around, if you're only going to have one gun situation, is a shotgun. But I'm a three gun kind of person as a prepper. Um, you know, handgun, shotgun, rifle. Um, you know, if you like AKs, great. AKs. If you like ARs, ARs, whatever. I don't care. You know, whatever your sidearm you're comfortable shooting, whether it's a Glock, whether it's a Smith, whether it's a, you know, whatever. Keltec, whatever it may a Keltec, be. you know, whatever, whatever gun, handgun you like, Versa. have a handgun. Yeah, Bursa, you know, whatever. Whatever you're carrying, whatever you shoot is fine. But have a handgun, have a rifle, have a shotgun. But what people um, need to think about are, you know, in, in times of disaster, you know, obviously you want to be stocking up on the ammunition that for the firearm that you have. Yeah. Eventually you're going to run out of ammunition if the disaster lasts long enough. Yeah. So something to keep in mind is, you know, what's a more plentiful round that's out there? Uh, mm-hmm. 22 in the past, you know, a lot of people, you know, 22 – is the thing I think AR-15s with the five five six two two three are probably just as or if not more plentiful nowadays than twenty two. Pretty close to nine millimeter, of course. If you're talking handgun in nine millimeter, right? But yep. you know the twenty two is it's lighter. You're able to carry more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, there's there's different philosophies on. Yeah, absolutely. We could we could talk round. about this for yeah, for days and days and days. But I think ending, the main point is ending debate. We're talking about, you know, a natural disaster. We're not talking about collapse of humanity right now. Um, no, no, no. So We're just I talking just, about like a... We just say have a gun. Have yeah. a gun. Have ammunition for that gun. Whatever gun um, it is that you how have, that make gun. sure that you've got the ammunition for that and you've got plentiful. Yep, Whatever absolutely. plentiful is, is different to different people. So I'm not going to say 500 rounds. I'm not going to say 5,000 rounds. It's whatever you're comfortable with. Comfortable and, you know, you feel meets your needs. Uh, same thing with the, the type of gun, whether it's a, a handgun, a rifle, a shotgun, a, a bow. You know, I think everybody should probably have a you know bow and arrow, whether it's a crossbow or it's a you know compound bow kind of setup, um, because that's going to serve you well uh, for longer, um, long term scenario. Yeah, scenarios for sustainability. Yeah. Um, um I'll, I'm going to throw something else about in in with the with the firearm thing, Marty. Um, obviously, have a gun, but if you're, you have a family, you have a wife, you have kids, you might become incapacitated at some point. You may become fall sick, you know, be injured. 
make sure the people in your family also know how to use the firearms that you're keeping at your house. Mm -hmm. Um, so a 12 gauge shotgun that your wife has no freaking clue which end of the, you know, which end of the gun, the bullet comes out is not going to serve her if something happens to you. Um, so make sure that, you know, part of your emergency preparedness is also preparing your family to be able to survive. You may not be the, be able to help them. So you've got to teach them to be able to take care of themselves. And one of those things is being able to keep their, you know, be in charge of their own safety. So make sure that, you know, not only with the firearms, but make sure that, you know, your wife, your significant other, your kids, they know where the survival stuff is. They know where the food's at. They know where you keep the extra fuel. They know where the batteries are. They know where your go bag is. And that is. goes to having a plan. Yep, uh, a, a preparedness plan and and practicing it, and yep. with your family, with your loved ones, whoever it may be, that's going to be a part of your group during uh, some sort of a you know sur survival scenario. And you can't just get this stuff and have it and, and sit you know, sitting there and not know what to do with it. So you want to know how to use all this stuff, not only you but everyone in your in your group, and yeah, that, that goes with training and practice. And you have to do this. You know, once a year, twice a year, you know, as often as possible, obviously, but uh, more frequent than not, you want to to train on this. Same thing with the guns. You go to the range, you get the proper training from the proper people on firearm safety, firearm use, uh, different scenario usage. Uh, same thing with first aid, more first aid than your firearms. You want to know how to use these bandages and these tourniquets and this, these medicines properly. Because if they're just sitting there in this bag and you don't know what they're for, it's as good as not having it. You know? yep. so And don't think you're going to always be there to help out your loved ones. Make sure that you, you make sure that they can take care of themselves. Make sure that they have the tools and the ability to care for maybe even right. you while you're injured. So Exactly, because when about disaster it like strikes, you might be in Europe. Yeah. Or yeah. when disaster strikes, it may just may strike you. Yeah, you it, may, it may. You may be the person you. who gets hurt in the storm. You may be, you know, the one that gets separated from the family. Yeah. Um, so just make sure that you, know, so you guys want to you want to go over that with your group also and have like a yeah. meeting point. It's like if anything ever happens, we get separated. You know, here's our plan of we meet here, we wait for so long. If it doesn't happen, then we go here. Then we do yep. this. Or, you know, if phones are available, make sure you've got everybody's contact information updated in there. You always want to have a contact that's outside your group as well. Um, in case you can't get in touch with your group, you can get in touch with that person. And maybe that person needs to come in and, and do a rescue or something. So always yep. have a contact or two outside of your group as well. Um, yeah, well, a couple of things in the tools too, Marty. Um, you know, yeah. this is more specific to hurricane, tornado, that type of situation, but have some tarps. Um, they don't have to be super expensive ones. You can go get the cheap ones, um, but have a few tarps available. Um, okay. A tarp? You get a whole a tarp. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you can do so many things with a tarp, um, but you get a hole in your roof, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. you're going to want to have something to keep the water from pouring into your house. Mm -hmm. um, you need to make you know, a you makeshift make shelter. You can make an emergency shelter. Um, they're inexpensive. They're very useful. You can uh, drag stuff with them. You can load up your stuff and drag it yeah. and carry it with you. A hobo so have bag. A few, have a few tarps <laughs> in your garage or in your attic or in your closet or whatever. Grab a couple, you know, just blue tarps. Don't have to be anything fancy, but um, a couple of those. That's a that's a nice thing to have, just to have in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you come into an emergency situation, especially when we're talking about tornadoes and hurricanes, we're talking about damaging winds, trees falling, 
and then with the with the rain that's also with them, um, having a couple tarps could be could be very very beneficial to you. Good point. Um, so yeah, definitely want to have some tarps, plastic sheeting, whatever, just something that you could you know tack onto your roof if you get a hole in it, um, make a makeshift shelter if you have to if your house your home's destroyed, um, you know that type of thing. Um, Good point. You know, have that together. Have have something like that together. Um, basic tools if you have them. Um, you Screwdrivers, know, house, hammers. Yeah. yeah, if you're living in a house, obviously you probably have you know some of this stuff already. Some of you apartment dwellers out there, I'm sure you know. Not everybody listens to your show as a house and a family. Um, you know, single guy apartment dweller. You know that kind well, of thing. There's families that live in apartments as well. Yeah, so. that too. So yeah. I mean, you know, just be be prepared to you know. You may have to leave that apartment. <laughs> yeah, you may, so, or or you may shelter. need to barricade yourself in yeah. your dwelling as well, wherever that may be. So you want to make sure that your windows are properly operating. You want to make sure that your doors have the proper locks and and shut and close properly, uh, because you may have you know you may need to barricade yourself inside your dwelling yeah. and protect yourself and your family and your assets. So all these yeah. assets that you've you've accumulated and saved to get you through that. Other people are going to want that that didn't plan ahead. So you want to make sure that you can properly um, barricade yourself where you need to be as well. So make sure your locks and windows and ingress, egress, everything's working properly for your domain. Absolutely. Um, You know, Marty, just to wrap this up too, um, people, when they tell you a big giant storm's coming, and they tell you to evacuate, don't be an idiot. Pack your shit up and take your family to safety. Um, you know, I, I hear these this crap all the time. You know, I grew up near the coast. Oh, I've, I've ridden out 40, 40 hurricanes, and they ain't going to tell I'm not leaving my house, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Nothing, nothing in that house or that house is worth your family no. or yourself. But like, then and another thing to think about move on. is if you're the dumbass that stays behind in something like this, yep. then – you're the one that people are going to risk their lives after the fact to try to come and save and, and protect. And by, by your, don't your put stubbornness could cost someone else's life. Exactly. So yeah. don't be selfish. Don't be stubborn. If they tell you to Get evacuate, out. evacuate. Don't be stupid. And if Leave. you can't, I mean, for some reason you can't, you know, physically, then call somebody. Call, yeah. call the police. Call the fire department. Call a friend. You know, have that contact outside Church, your group. Call somebody. Yeah. Yeah, say, hey, I need help. I can't. I can't leave my house. You know, just right. you know, call somebody, but get out. If they give you this much notice, like with a hurricane, um, you know it's coming. Leave. Don't be stupid. So these are just some some basic tips, tricks, uh, suggestions. You know, from two guys who, you know, talk lead. <laughs> <laughs> By no means are we experts. These are just suggestions. We are not experts. These are suggestions. And everybody has different plans of attacks and different suggestions and different, you know, philosophies of, of how to get through disasters. That being said, talkingled at gmail.com. Send me your thoughts, your ideas, what you've got in place for a disaster or, you know, if you've got a specific disaster that you prepare for uh, in different ways as well. Send that to me, talkingled at gmail.com. And uh, I'll read those um, next couple episodes. We'll read cool. those off. So, Andrew. Yeah, look, forward, look forward to hearing what the uh, Leadheads have to suggest. I know you got a lot of family and, and whatnot, and you're concerned about that storm coming through over there on the, the East Coast. Is there anything that we can do to 
to help you guys out? I mean, I think that uh, my people are pretty smart and pretty well prepared. I would think um, so. But uh, just everybody, you know, just put out the uh, the old thoughts and prayers, like you know, we always say. Um, and they if you got somebody that lives there, them. yeah, if you got a family member that lives there, call them and tell them to get out. Yeah, absolutely. Encourage them um, to get if they're out. not if they're not getting out, tell them to get out. Um, and just you know, there's really nothing you can do before, but you can do so much before. But afterwards, you know, these people are going to need a lot of help. So. Um, you know, if you if you've got some extra money laying around and and um, you know you can send it out to the Red Cross or somebody that's helping with that disaster relief, yeah. um, please do. If you can physically volunteer with a church with a with a community group or whatever and head down there and help clean up, you know, please do. But yeah, we're going to need a lot of help. This one's going to be speaking really of bad. Sheepdog Impact Assistance, as you guys know, uh, organization that Talking Lead supports and is part of, uh, they are already gathering their disaster response uh, team. For this, and again, this is, you know, what they're offering. This is after the fact. You know, they, yeah. they can't come help you before. You can help yourself before, and, and take all the necessary means that these people aren't going to jeopardize their lives coming to try and save you. But they are getting their disaster response team together to assist with debris removal, muck out, other recovery efforts. You know, they're going to be bringing water. They're going to be bringing food. They're going to be bringing first aid. If you guys are, are able and you want to take part um, physically or monetarily, uh, you can get in touch with Sheepdog uh, at uh, sheepdogia.org. Uh, you can call 479-800-4433, and whatever you've got to offer, they can uh, definitely point you in the right direction, but... Uh, Sheepdog Impact Assistance is always there for these type uh, of emergency situations, and they're going to be right on top of this one as well. Good deal. All right, so before we go, Andrew, uh, we've got another watch that we want to give away, the Defy Watches Talking Lead Fleoa 10 Watches Scratch 14 Watches for 14 Vets giveaway. Nice. And this one is... I'm going to read the email like I normally do, and then I'll tell you who it's from. He said, I would like to throw my brother up for nomination. His name is Dylan S. I'm not going to say his last name. And he is a military law enforcement veteran. He spent a long time in Afghanistan and came back and spent several more years serving in the military. He then went into law enforcement and continued to serve in the National Guard. He has been active in training in self-defense law enforcement and military and continues to be very active in jujitsu community. I bet his kung fu is not as strong as my kung fu. <laughs> I made an Instagram post of where I cut the tree down for your firewood. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I made a little kung fu reference there. Anyway, you let Hitchu saw that know what I'm talking about. His wife, uh, I'm not going to say her name, is also a longtime law enforcement officer, and they are both great Americans who could use some wrist bling. Bling, bling, bling. Thanks for everything you do for our veterans. Tyler S., so, Tyler, we're going to hook up your brother and his wife. Uh, I guess I can say her name because I didn't say her last name, Danny, uh, with Defy Watches. So, you are the next two, they are the next two recipients. So, Tyler, get in touch with me. Get me their contact information on where Jeremy needs to send those watches, and uh, we'll make it happen. So, Tyler S., you know who you are. Um, Brax, my boy at live.com is your email. 
get in touch with me. Send me an uh, email, talkingletgmail.com, and uh, we'll hook your brother and your sister-in-law up. So cool. thanks to Defy Watches and Fleoa for that. So I think we're, I think that made, I gave one away last week. So we're giving two more away this week. Six, seven, eight, nine. I think we're nine into it. So what's nine minus 14? Five. Five. <laughs> it's five. So we got five more watches to go. So you guys keep sending in your nominations, your suggestions on, um, Military law enforcement, uh, first responders who deserve a watch, who deserve a Defy watch. Uh, gmail.com Subject, I want the watch. Make sure you put that in the subject so it's easy for me to find and recognize uh, what it's for. So, very cool. Uh, one more thing before we go, Andrew. We've got to give away some swag. All right. Haven't given away Talking Lead swag in a while. I'm going to go to iTunes. So we're going to go down to John Adams III. I guess that's John Adams the third. Sounds like it. It says, great podcast for the firearm enthusiast. Enjoy listening to the Talking Lead podcast. It's my go-to when getting ready and the drive to work. I especially enjoy the special series, the AK Corner. Nice. So uh, you're familiar with our AK Corner, right, Andrew? That's absolutely. And we're going to have we're going to have Andrew. You know, we can't have an AK Corner without andrew on it so andrew's going to be an upcoming episode of that so yeah, stay absolutely. tuned for that um but he's not going to be in this week's uh or, or episode three our our upcoming episode we're going to talk ballistics on the ak corner we've got uh none other than david fortier he he literally wrote the books wrote the books he wrote the book and the ak the, book <laughs> on the ak it's called the ak book <laughs> Um, we're going to have him on. We're going to talk ballistics and some other things. We're going to pick David's brain. Uh, we're going to give away a AK, uh, parts kit so you can build your own AK. And then we're also going to give away another help up. So make sure you guys tune in. That's going to be soon after you guys are, are getting this show episode 261. Um, the 17th is when we're going to release that. So there's the date. So you guys make sure you stay tuned. So, John Adams, I, 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 thank you for your, uh, well, we got a five-star rating, baby, from from John. So thank you for that. Thank you for the feedback on iTunes. You guys, make sure, if you haven't done so yet, go to iTunes, whatever podcasting app you're listening to us on. Leave us some feedbacks. Leave us a rating. That's how we get up uh, uh, more recognition on these these apps and people can find us easier. Um, but you can also tell your tell your mother, tell your brother, tell your cousin, tell your uncle. Um, tell your next door neighbor, listen to the Talking Lead podcast. The best podcast there is, Andrew. Nobody gives you more than Talking Lead. Oh, I agree 100%. 100%, baby. 100%. And Andrew's got some, some new things going on. Uh, we can't talk about right now, but uh, when we have him on again in, a, in another episode, he'll get you up to date on all the cool things that he's getting involved with these days. Absolutely. And then we've got our IV8888888 uh, annual YouTube range day coming up in Georgia. So we're gonna it's going to be a that. big time as always. It's going to be a large time. We're going to have a good time there. Uh, there's an event, speaking of first, first aid for you law enforcement, uh, first responders, EMT, there's an event coming up. And I've got it right here. 
The second annual New York Tactical EMS Expo and Training Symposium. 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 Uh, that is coming up the 1st of January. We've been invited to go out to that. So you guys that are listening, check into that. There's a... Uh, so it's going to be uh, in Long Island, New York on January 5th through the 6th, um, 2019. We're actually going to get those guys on. They're going to talk about that. So for you guys that are interested in going and attending to that, uh, we'll have all the uh, updated information on how you can attend uh, that symposium. It ought to be pretty good. You know, we're talking about getting your, your training. This would be a great place to do that. They're going to offer classes and probably certifications and stuff like that during that event. And then, of course, that leads into what, Andrew? Shot show. Oh yeah, the old shit show. The old shit show. This will be this will be my seventeenth or eighteenth. Yeah. So sit down and figure that out. I think it'll be our, I think it'll be our fifth or sixth. Yeah. You're way ahead of us. You've been going since you were like three, though. So. Uh, so young. <laughs> <laughs> since you were young. Younger. How about that? I went, I've been going since I was younger. There you go. There you go. Um, and then the, the Utah shoot, um, got some changes on that. You guys know the dates changed. I still hadn't got a definite, uh, that should be going on the end of this month. Uh, the Charlie Melton world record long shot rifle shot. Um, so we're still working out the, the complete details on that and we'll keep you posted on that. So hopefully that's something that we'll be able to get to attend as well. So, as always, make sure you guys are supporting those that support this show. The official optics of Talking Lead, Right on Optics. Uh, the official wristwear of Talking Lead, Defy Watches. Modern Spartan Systems. Uh, another thing that you guys you know want to put in your, your kit, um, your survival kit, to keep your guns clean, uh, operational, Modern Spartan Systems lines of cleaning products for your firearms, lubricants, uh, and then they've also got that awesome TVT engine oil additive that you're going to want to put in your vehicles, your generators, uh, anything with an engine that's going to help get you through those rough um, disaster. What am I saying? Survival disaster catastrophes. Catastrophic events. How about that? Catastrophic events. There you go. We'll, we'll get it that way. Uh, X Steel Targets. X Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today, xsteeltargets.com. Check them out. Um, there still may be some of those deals that they were running. They were running like 45% off on some of their targets and then 25% off everything else. Uh, you guys go xsteeltargets.com. They still maybe uh, have some of that stuff in stock. It was while supplies lasted. So check them out. But otherwise, I mean, even their normal prices are, are very affordable for AR-500. AR-500 still targets. I'll get it out in a second. And then, of course, Pioneer Arms, you know, sponsoring the AK Corner, talking about AK Corner coming up next episode. And we're going to be giving away the uh, the kit and the, the Hill Pup. And then, like the awesome shirt that Andrew's wearing today, you guys can't see it. But if you want the Leadhead Brigade t-shirt, you guys go to 1776united.com and you can get those. Probably the most comfortable t-shirt there is on the market today. And then, of course, our original Talking Lead t-shirt logos are there as well. And the patches for the Leadhead Brigade, you can get them there too. And uh, you want those awesome Talking Lead black assault mugs, you go to dip123.com forward slash Talking Lead from my good buddy Danny 
over at Dipstick Hydrograph. Dipstick Dizzy Whistle. There you. We will be seen very soon. That's right. We're going to be seeing him in Georgia when we go to the YouTube shoot. So things, things that we're looking forward to there. Make sure you go and support those that are supporting us. Go to their YouTube pages. Go to their uh, Facebook pages. Go to their Instagram pages. Go to their websites and order these products because they are products that you know I've used, I've tested, and I wouldn't be pushing and promoting them unless I believed in the products. So, Andrew, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be on, and uh, we hope all your family members and everybody's okay. Uh, thoughts and prayers, definitely. Yep, TMP, baby, TMP to everybody out there. TMP, uh, but uh, if you need anything from me, you know um, we're here. Absolutely, brother. Me and T are here for you guys. Send send your family. If you need extra places to stay, send them here. We'll take care of yep. them. Yep, hopefully they're not going to get hit too, too bad, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Everybody everybody near the coast is evacuated. So. And one more time, Sheepdog Impact Assistant, sheepdogia.org. Go there and see how you can volunteer and take part in uh, their disaster recovery missions. All right, Andrew, let's wrap it up. Do it. Brings us to the end of another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. As always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. Close. Your firearms close. And your disaster recovery plan in place, up to date, and well stocked. Absolutely.